man. Um, thank you for coming on. And I, uh, you know, being a kind of a guinea pig for this new new platform I'm trying out with uh, recording someone somewhere else. I think it's I think it is sounding better than an, like a phone call, which can. I've listened to some podcasts with like people recording on the phone, like speaker phone. Yeah, no, and particularly I'm in Canada right now, so that uh, definitely has issues. Has to go to space, you know. Has to not only has to go to space, has to go to Canada. Has to travel under that deep ocean internet cable, buried in under thousand (laughs) leagues under the sea. Yeah, (laughs) the Oregon Trail internet connection. Right. Cool, man. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, I've been trying to change my diet lately. I've been taking a, I took a mail-in food allergy self-test recently because I'm a hot sauce addict and maybe have problems with gluten and dairy and. Really? Okay. Um. The se- the segue to that random you know, beginning is that I know you had gallbladder surgery recently. Oh, yeah. That's right. I almost forgot that I had that until you brought it up. Thanks a lot, man. Are you, no, are, you back, <laughs> are you back to 100%? I'm getting there. I'm actually still experiencing some pain, which is weird. But uh, it's been, uh, what's it been? It's been about six weeks. So, um, yeah, no, it was horrible. But it's definitely better that it's out of me now. It was quite a monster. Damn. And that was the yeah. first time I had first time I had surgery, so it was very weird, man. Very surreal. And sorry. Oh no, I, I've never had surgery either. I'm I've like I'm healthy as an ox for the most part, and, and yeah, and very hardly any trips to the hospital. No surgeries. No broken bones. Well, it was strange because honestly, that's why I'm here, and I got stuck this side of the border. When COVID hit, I was on my way down there to sing at the Barracuda, man, and do a um, Dolly Parton hoot night. Do you remember hearing about that going down? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was supposed to sing at that, and I got halfway down, and like the middle of Kansas, I had a, one of these gallbladder attacks in a hotel room overnight. In the middle of Kansas? Yes, I was literally halfway to Austin. Oh, shit, so that's even, that's even worse. You were on the road. Wow. Yeah, by myself. Yeah. And uh, explain attack. Well, I'd had a couple of these and I um kind of ignored them, which is stupid. Shouldn't have done that. But this was worse than anything I'd had before and it was it basically um I ate it like uh what are they called an iron skillet. So it's not the best food. It's all kinds of uh basically it's like when the gallbladder or gallstones if you got them it's like uh if you got too much oil and fatty foods so i had like some you know the iron skillet like you can stop at off a off a highway it's like a trucker you're right trucker trucker spot (laughs) a diner greasy spoon diner greasy spoon yeah so to answer your question like what an attack is like it's like uh i was driving down the road and it's like 10 p.m and i'm trying to push the miles and and I just start to feel that pain in like the upper right. It's right by your liver, right in front of your liver. Um, and so the pain starts coming on, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to get a hotel room. I can't drive anymore. And then the pain just gets worse. And at a certain point, it's just completely unbearable. 
It's the worst thing I've ever experienced, and it lasts for about six hours. So it was basically all night. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Anyways, this is not a great way to start your podcast, but... No, no, it, no, it is. It. No, it is because I just went to the ER because I thought I was having gallbladder problems. I've been having, like, all these stomach, like, mm-hmm. pain. I've been having all this stomach pain, and I mm-hmm. think it's, I think... So they did the whole scan, scan me, and that looked good, and they thought, like, you know, why the hell are you here? You're not dying or bleeding. But I'm still having, like, stomach pains. I think it's diet-related, but he said my gallbladder looked fine, but I was starting to think that maybe... From what, from what I've heard from other people, too, I've never heard of a mild case. It's either, like, you are dying, because that's what it feels like. And by the way, it's like, I guess you're not dying, but it's it's... It's touching some um, major um, nerve system, so you kind of feel it in your back and everywhere, like your entire abdomen up to your neck. You just feel this oh, horrible wow. pain, and you can't stop. There's no lying down. There's no uh, there's no way that you can sit or move that feels good. So I just like spent that whole six hours like just moving around the hotel room. Uh, yeah, I guess I probably should have called an ambulance, but I don't. You know, I don't really have healthcare, so. It's so a, you just turned around. You just turned around and went back to Canada. That's right. The next morning, it was a really hard call, but I made the right call. It's like I had to get it taken care of. So then the next part of the story is here. I am trying to get it taken care of, and COVID hits. Right. So they're like, you have to have surgery. Now you can't have surgery. We've stopped all surgeries, and so it ended up taking another three, three months. You right. had to wait. You had to wait three months. They're like, you have to have surgery now. But now we're closing the hospitals. What the fuck? <laughs> exactly. And so I had, I had, a, well, then I had how, to change radically. Close, I mean, I, I know, oh my God, how do they just close the hospital? Like, and you're kind of like, that's, that's life. That can be life threatening. Right. But they, wow. they were only, they didn't do this in Austin. I'm sure they did, but you maybe just didn't know someone who was dealing with, you know, cancer or something. The ER was open, and basically that's what they ended up... Well, I mean, the first two weeks was... Am I allowed to swear on this? Of course I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first <laughs> two, week, two weeks were ve- very fucked up. Because um, they are like, barely taking calls. But basically it's like, yeah, if, if you're dying, you go to the ER. That's open. But otherwise... Elective surgery, which includes everything, like heart surgery is elective surgery. They just stopped because everyone was so freaked out. It's hard. It's hard yeah. to even like put yeah. ourselves back in those shoes. So but even in Can- so even in Canada, yeah, that freaked no hospital. The whole no world freaked out for like yeah for like the first two weeks, definitely. And then they slowly started to bring them back. So when I eventually did have my surgery, first of all, I got in there like I. I'm looking at the clock and it's like, well, I'm supposed to be in there right now doing this. So the surgery ahead of me went an hour late and then mine as well, I guess, was messed up. And the doctor, when she talked to my family, was like, yeah, this was a really hard surgery. And I ended up talking to her and she said, yeah, all the surgeries have been really hard because everybody's cases, no matter what it is, whatever disease, has gotten worse in those three months. Yeah. So now they're doing these surgeries with people, and they're just like, "Yeah, she said my gallbladder was just a total mess." What have so, you been? What What were you eating? Do you think? Did they maybe say? Did they touch on maybe something in your diet? No, no, it's nothing in the diet. 
It's um, just maybe like just a gene, just a freak. Yeah, exactly. A gene or freakish thing. So the other part of the story, I'm trying not to make this too long, but. <laughs> I know. So, you're, like, you're like, damn it, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking about your listeners who are like, they want to talk no, about I do. music. I, just, I wanted to get this story out of the way first, and then we can, then we okay, can go cool. better stuff. Because, because, because it, it relates to me so much, because I was just like. Cool. I've been having all this stomach stuff. So well, what I had to do to correct it was to cut out fats entirely. So I lost forty pounds in those th- three months, uh, and I am I'm bringing it back slowly now. But I uh, oh, well, luckily I could drink alcohol and I could drink wine uh, and beer and and whatnot, and that was like a godsend because I could barely eat anything. <laughs> But luckily, I could drink. Some kind so at of at least I could do that. Like something you like, you could put in your body. Yes, yes, uh, yes. No, the the doctor in the ER when I went kept harping on. And she's like, "So, do you drink a lot?" Right. And I'm like, "Uh, what do you see? Is my liver fucked? Is like, are you just not telling me?" <laughs> I get that um, one all the time. Moderate. Too. My answer was like moderate. I drink i was like look man the bars aren't open i'm not going out as much anymore like what do you want me to tell you uh yes but i do drink yeah I'm but I really, what, do you, what do you consider heavy drinking uh, i don't know uh yeah i'm not putting a liter of vodka down every day or anything like that by by four o'clock <laughs> it's like um but i do eat a shit ton of cheese i i'm addicted to hot sauce i drink a lot of coffee Mm-hmm. You know, I think mm-hmm. maybe all all that on top of alcohol, maybe my it's fucking up my insides, possibly. I'll get the food test back, and then maybe that'll inform me of how I need to. I've already tried to. I've already tried to like like lay off gluten and beer. Uh, I miss beer a lot. Yeah, it's complicated, man. Those insides, they are they are wild. So you've mm-hmm. relocated from Austin to what part of Canada? Well, I'm. I've not relocated. Uh, this is just because everything got so messed up with between my health and between COVID. I was like, if things were normal, I was going back and forth on a regular basis between Hamilton, Ontario, which is, well, I can basically see Toronto across the uh, Great Lake, Ontario. Oh, is it? Is that a beautiful view? It's it's a very nice view, you know, and I can look across there and see the CN Tower. It's just a little, you know, extremely small, but uh, it, it's very cool to just think uh, Toronto's right there, and yeah, it's very beautiful. So, yeah, yeah. so that so that move was temporary. I, I wondered if you had... I know, well, I, I know some, some other things had happened, but I just wondered if you had, like, kind of saw that Austin was like, well, because a lot of people are leaving, and... No, like, I yeah, I, I definitely want to... Um, my dream has been to split my time between Austin and Ontario, where my close family is, um, and do music in both places and have a band in Austin and a band up here, uh, and then be able to do shows and jump back and forth. That was the plan, but I've this is the longest I've ever, well, in the last 15 years that I've hung out in Canada. Um, your band here in Austin—that's Brother Superior. Who do you do you kind of, do you kind of have another group of dudes you roll with at home in Canada? Yeah, yeah. I just got that going back in uh, December. I got 
a good steady little group happening here and we got like three gigs under our belt and then again everything got messed up with the virus so that's where i'm standing man i'm kind of are you are you in a remote area or are you kind of like uh where my parents are living yes and where i actually had the surgery and whatnot yes that is that's about an hour from hamilton and that is remote kind of farmland and that's also where i wrote this record the last one like out by there close to there um so i love jumping between a city and farmland that's what i like to do i like the extremes that's a pretty good that's a pretty good lifestyle man i've i've lived in the country and I like the quiet. I do appreciate um, yep. the quiet. Like, as I get older, I kind of want to live in the country and get away from having neighbors, you know, 10 feet away and barking dogs and sirens. And Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, You're killing me. But I do want a nightlife. I do want the city, you know, uh, I do want the Austin thing where there's a nightlife and there's always something cool to go do but i want to live in the country where it's quiet <laughs> that's exactly what i'm saying man that's the dream so how do you do that i guess you bec- if you become super rich then you can uh have a plane that you fly somehow, into a buy some land. somehow buy some land within you know within an hour and a half drive of a major city right i want to have a driver and i want his name to be chives and i want him to take me, <laughs> take me from my farmland how <laughs> from my farm that someone else tends and drive me an hour into Austin wherever you end up, you know? Yeah. And we'll be at a party late at night and we'll be like, it's cool, man. And then around five thirty AM, he takes me back to my farm. It's great. Well, I mean, yeah, you can, certain, certain religions afford you a certain number of children that you could totally teach to drive you anywhere. I think. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> um uh, yeah having children or yeah okay no well i'm just you know the whole like i'm have a massive family to work the farm and um, oh yeah no i like it i like the line of thinking okay <laughs> i think uh or, or what's that uh what is that religion um the polygamy polygamy um, oh yeah a wife yeah you could have you know the third you could be that doc antle guy on tiger king and one of them one of those girls can drive you from the farm to the city. <laughs> Man, you know, I, I didn't watch the Tiger King thing. I was just like, that? I know I'm going to get stuck watching this, so I watched one episode. The one good thing that's been about COVID is I think I've been pretty productive. I put my foot down and was like, yeah, I've burned a lot of time like watching Breaking Bad and whatnot, and uh, I can't... Why did I, know, why did I know your show was Breaking Bad? I was about to say, are you a Breaking Bad guy? I just kind of... I just kind of knew somehow, <laughs> but I love that show too. Probably a lot of guys are right. So, like uh, when I was making this record, I, uh, I was, man, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Even though I was like, this whole thing is like a heart, a broken heart record. Unfortunately, I hate to say that. You know, I feel kind of lame, but uh, that's what it was. Got my heart broken in Austin, and. I drove up to Ontario, and then I uh, I found a spot to to find seclusion. And man, that was so nice. It was so nice to not have those barking dogs and those neighbors. I had some horrible neighbors that I was living beside. I was so happy to be away from 
that, oh, kind, I bet. Of, that kind of noise. Oh, well, good for you. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like a suit. I'm like a, I'm an, I'm an old guy when I'm like a 75 year old when it comes to, uh, just extra noises. And if I hear a little banging, like 50 feet away, I'm like, ah, what's that? Well, you just so, don't, you know, it's totally, you don't want all these distractions, all these yeah. distractions and noises, un- unlikable noises that are easily removed from, you know, by people coming, you know, bleeding into your personal space. And not only that, but I was like, I was writing and I'd been wanting to write like this for so long where I just have complete silence, complete silence and can just be in my own head. I'm in my own head a lot anyways, but this way to not have any distractions, I was just surrounded by cornfields and snow. God damn, I'm telling you, man. That's how I'm going to do the next record, too. I just loved it. It's, And I would, you know, not just for what I'm doing, but I would suggest for anybody. And you did that in an old, just an old parked did the, RV. Did the RV. RV had flat tires, or was it ready to roll anytime you wanted to go? Oh, no, it's flat tires, yeah. It has, hasn't moved in forever. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's got an adjoining deck to it. Oh, okay. it's not going uh, that thing isn't—it's not going anywhere. It's like someone's gonna have to just burn it down. It's not moving anywhere. It's not worth nothing. Yeah. And Breaking Bad. See, that's you live in the Breaking Bad life. You're getting a new start. I was thinking that there's a little <laughs> tie-in there. <laughs> uh, oh boy, I, I think yeah, you can man. go somewhere in New Mexico. I think you can go see that RV. They right? Yeah, or the house definitely is there. Yeah. I feel bad for the woman who owns that house because I guess it's just people driving by every day and some people like throw a pizza up on the roof every once in a while. I'm just quoting. Yeah. Just doing like Jesse Pinkman quotes, throwing pizza. Yeah. So yeah. You, you gave me a, a taste of some unreleased music and it sounds like to me you're really developing and nurturing a different version of yourself. Cool. I was wondering what you would think of that. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it was, but it's I, uh, it's kind of eclectic, right? Definitely, yeah. There was it's very is it different. I yeah, it was very different, and I but I I like kind of a different range of of a sound from an artist. You know, you, you kind of go in different directions, and yeah, and that's because I was writing them all at the same time. Um, and so it like it would help me to not get bored as I kind of came up with, it was kind of a country number and then kind of a, a post-punk number and then kind of a ballad and, and whatnot. So as I was working on them, it was kind of like I could jump from one to the next. If I got tired on one, then I'd be like, Oh, this is something totally different. Boom. I, I was really surprised personally when, when I put them all together side by side about a year ago, because it took a long time to record them. I wrote them very fast, but then it took two years between Austin and Canada. I was using uh, studios in Austin and studios in Ontario here. Uh, But when I put all the songs side by side, I was like, shit, these kind of make sense, I think. So I'm hoping, nobody's really heard it, man. You're about the 10th person to hear it. So I hope you... uh, Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I, um, you know, I think that that lends itself to... I think a lot of artists in Austin, you know, need to get away for a while and get away from the pressure or distractions and what, you know, or whatever else, girlfriends or yeah, uh, 
you know, just a bullshit. I love this city and I love the, the music scene, but yeah, definitely getting away to the middle of nowhere, I think is extremely important for a little while. That's so funny to hear you say that, man. Cause it, <laughs> it, well, first of all, it's great to talk to you because I just love like the, I've lost the connection to Austin, man. Like, uh, I haven't been there in six months. And so like every week or so I'll talk to somebody, uh, including uh, we'll probably talk about Rob Gentry. I've been talking to him a bit. And Michael Boer is on my fantasy football team. It's cool to talk about Austin and kind of a, uh, dude, I can't wait to get back there. You know, it's probably going to be the next month or so. But what the point I wanted to make was, oh, the funny thing about leaving town is like if anyone ever like leaves town, even for a little bit, everybody kind of feels like, oh, you got out. You got out a little bit because like it's such a, such a comfortable comfortable like velvet coffin that is so <laughs> <Yeah>. warm <laughs> yeah but whenever someone like leaves for a bit it's like whoa you're leaving for real and it's also like people kind of feel awesome about that they're like oh nice well like definitely hope you come back but you know like i was i'm thinking about like ben ballinger mm-hmm. do you know him yeah of course i, I love ben ballinger yeah, no, he's one of my favorites. So, you know, I think I think one of the best songwriters in Austin. Yeah, I agree. So like when he was leaving uh, a couple years ago, it's probably three years ago or so now. It was like, you know, a part of you like hates to see him go, but another part of you is like, sweet, good, you know, because you're gonna find another part of yourself, and you're gonna like, well, just things get stagnant in Austin, you know, the velvet coffin, like I'm saying. And he comes back a year later, and he comes back harder and stronger, and. It's great. I think, yeah, yeah you know, get, getting, uh, you know, get, getting out to the middle of nowhere too with no cell phone reception, just, just, did, you know, getting away from social media and your phone for three or four days is just healthy for anybody. <laughs> uh, I totally agree. And of course, I'm talking Canada here, talk Canada, Oregon, but it's like, even if someone just gets, well, what I love about Austin, man, is you get 30 miles outside of Austin and you can find that very same thing. Yeah. Instead, you don't have to be so drastic about it. I don't have to be so drastic about it, but yeah. What's the, is there any kind of, uh, what's the nightlife in Hamilton? Uh, Man, there's not a lot to speak of. Um, Mostly just country folks? No, it's... uh, Letter Kenny types? Well, especially like... (laughs) No, I... (laughs) No, you shouldn't have that impression of Hamilton. Hamilton's um, like a part, well, it's just south of Toronto, and um, it's like a steel town, and uh, it's about a half a million people, so it's a pretty big town. It's it's a city, obviously. Um, but when it comes to live music and stuff, there's only a few places in North America like Austin. You know, you got, the way right. I look at it is you got New York, Love New York. You got New Orleans. Love New Orleans. You got Austin. Like those three places are just really special. Special, yeah. And if you're not in those places, then I'm in a place right now that's got three or four places to go to that got things happening, but not like Austin's, which has got 300 things happening. So there's no comparison. People are always looking for this magical thing that Austin has around the world, and really, it's just hard hard to find if you. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. Like Austin is such a special place that, uh, dude, 
it's just good to talk to you right now in Austin. It, it warms my heart. God damn, well, I want to. Good man, yeah, you. I want to be yeah, there. I know you've been going through some some hard times, and um, you certainly, you know, your music needs to be heard by some people mm-hmm. while you're away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, so my brother, I don't know if I told you, like he started a brewery here, and uh, like that's part of the reason I'm. Actually, that's the full reason why I'm hanging out in this particular part of Ontario. My brother started a brewery called Clifford Brewing. I started setting up live music in his space. He's got a gigantic oh, space. Dude, oh, wow, you're about to change the landscape. <laughs> right. And so what I was doing, man. I don't even know. All those other brewers don't even. It's like, guys, incorporate live music into your. I started <laughs> to bring Austin bands up here. And I was kind of on a roll, and I hope that things can get back somewhat to normal, back yeah. to normal because uh, so I brought like uh, ATX six up here, which is like the Chris Brett thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, like Pocket Sounds played at the brewery. Uh, Michael. Yeah, Michael St. Clair. Yep, Michael St. Clair. I, I saw that you had a podcast with him. Uh, we had Les- Leslie Cezanne from Moving Pan- Panoramas. Uh, well, you got you're you got an enterprise going a little bit here. Evan Charles, Ultimisa. Yeah, I had a Little Mazarn at a different time. Yeah, oh, like wow. just last summer, I was bringing all those people up, and then I was supposed to have John D. Graham play at the brewery in July, and then also Garth Morlix. Is he a, is he a huge influence of yours? Who's that? John D. Graham. I didn't know him till I got to Austin. Uh, but insofar as I'm glad you asked me that question. Like insofar as um hearing him over the last like decade, yeah, he's been an influence. Or I think a lot of his influences are my influences and you know, it all goes around and around. Wow, yeah, but, that's but yeah, it was such a bummer to not have that show and like for him to come all the way up to Canada and then he was gonna play the brewery and shit. <laughs> You know, you're gonna make you're gonna make Canada proud. Well, I wanted to make this connection, man, <laughs> between what I the, the people I know in Austin and uh, you know have them, and and those bands who are playing in Detroit and Buffalo as well. I, I wanted to like talk those bands into just crossing that border because that's where Hamilton is. It's just like a couple hours from Detroit or Buffalo. Are they still? So, yeah, that's just. Just for yeah. even for bands, though, bands getting across the border, are they still pretty huge sticklers about like, you know, jobs being taken? Is that a hard thing? No, they've loosened up on that big time. Okay, I've got some good stories about that one. So, yeah. <laughs> musicians being <laughs> musicians being detained for hours. Just to... well, I would bring my band up from Texas. I've been doing that for like the last twelve years or so, almost every summer. Yeah, and uh, it was fucking messed up a couple times even though i'm you know i'm a canadian i'm bringing all the gear in they would like they would treat us pretty shitty every time we came in oh wow yeah you know pull us off to the side and go through our cell phones and do they do they say i'm sorry after they let you go (laughs) (laughs) sorry right (laughs) yeah they they did (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, good. You're watching well, too you know, much. That, that, that means something. Means something. You're watching too much of Little Kenny, man. 
You got any you got any letter Kenny slang or sayings you wanna you wanna drop on us? Dude, that's another show that I'm sorry I don't. Uh, I just live it. I live it, so I don't really watch that show. <laughs> You're just a couple of tomatoes away from you know a letter Kenny stereotype. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I'm kidding, but I'm sure I'm like a cousin away or two from the actors, something like that. <laughs> I heard I, one I, of them I, from from my hometown. I guess one of them. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I have to turn the subtitles on for that show, man. I, I, subtitles. <laughs> oh, for real? You do? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, they talk so damn fast. It's the really the delivery that's so yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> you got any, uh, you have any favorite live streams you're on right now? That you've been watching? Uh, For bands and stuff? Yeah. Mm. Uh, no, man, I haven't really watched any of those. Um, see, I'm not the. I see, I'm guilty too. I haven't really. It's not how I like to experience music. Actually, I like. I want to. I I do my best to support. You know, everyone I can, but it's just not how I like to listen and experience music on a, a Facebook think, live stream. But well, I, to answer just, your question, the right? one that I did discover is this guy named Willie Nile. I guess he's from New York. But he plays around here a lot. Uh, but he's like an old cat, and he does like a rock and roll kind of thing. And yeah, have you ever heard of him? I have not. No. Yeah, we'll check that one out. I'm sorry, I cut you off uh, mid sentence too, but I was just. Oh no, totally. I fine. wanted to say it before I forgot the guy's name. Willie Nile. Yeah. Well, he really got me because he did this like in studio thing. So I also like if uh, the whole live stream thing is like the quality is usually. Touch and go, yeah. You know, especially those, yeah, that first month or so, and like everybody's just trying to get the hang of it. Yeah, and that's cool. That's totally cool. But he did this kind of in studio thing, and then when he sat down at the piano, he popped out a couple like things that just totally brought me to tears. And oh wow, like oh man, like and then piano is a mysterious instrument isn't it <laughs> that's where i'm going with this is i think my next record has got to be all piano because i play the piano as well as this guy does anyway do you play a fair pretty fairly big chunk of piano parts in all your music yeah i play all the piano on that stuff yeah 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 um so but i play piano like a singer songwriter the canadian side of me is coming out here i'm like trying to put myself down I'm like, <laughs> I'm another part of me, another part of my head's like, what are you talking about? Like, shut up. You're you're a good piano player. Yeah. So I'm decent. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm thinking, no, I, I enjoy, I enjoy all the piano parts and especially for, you know, a guitar, guitar, piano crossover musician is sometimes, you know, hard to find. Yeah, man. Well, I'm thinking, yeah, I need to make a full record of just piano songs. And, uh, so I was playing keys with Boer too. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, I've been in, in his band. Yeah, yeah. I think I, yeah, I think I probably saw you at a show or two on keys. Yeah, and... yeah. I've been doing side for him four or five years. Yeah, super fun. Okay. So you had uh, uh, for the month of August, you were the CD Baby Canada's Artist of the Month. So you've been kind of maybe riding that wave a little bit. Yeah, that was yeah, very sweet, very nice. CD, CD Baby. CD Baby, man. 
Yeah, what does the general public know about CD Baby? Um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure how much. Well, what's coming to mind for me is is it's kind of cool that they've stuck with that name, even though it's so kind of <laughs> weird to say that name. It is, it is weird to say. They yeah. have Baby in the name, and C- they have CD in the name. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> what? I'm more of an MP3 baby. Well, be, because, um, yeah, anyone who's been doing music since cds knows that they were like they've been on the forefront of this business like they started out completely in cds of course and and now they don't do cds at all whatsoever so uh so basically yeah they they just get your music up on streaming now so if you want to get your podcast up on all the platforms they could probably do that for yeah, for you, a small, uh, small yeah. subscription fee. Uh, it's not subscription. It's like a, it's one time, one time thing. Okay. It's all become like very, very cheap. But Maybe. that was cool, man. Because, well, that was like an old connection that I had from Toronto, and that was a connection I actually made at South by Southwest. So here's like, uh, here's one of those like, <laughs> you know, Christmas stories or something. I have like a success South by Southwest story where I made a connection with somebody I hadn't seen in 20 years at South by Southwest. And, uh, and then he got to know my music and what I was doing and, uh, got me, uh, like a headlining show at the DIY conference, which is, uh, yeah, it was really sweet. And then this like artist of the month thing has been great. Yeah, and you get and you get nervous around decorative pillows, sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw I saw that comment you wrote about that. Just responding to somebody from that interview, and that just cracked me the hell up. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> oh good, good, because I was going for that. Because, well, I hate self promotion, man. It's like I had to throw something in there to be self deprecating. It's like, ah. Uh, because I'm I'm doing most of this myself. I only have a very small team been, behind me. So. It would have been great if you just white knuckled, like death grip the red decorative pillow on that couch the entire interview. <laughs> that would have been way better. Yeah, that would have been a better photo op too. But basically, <laughs> I mean, like I'm making this post and I'm saying like, uh, you know, whatever artist of the month, blah blah blah, and I'm like, I got to throw something in there to like self deprecate because I get I get nervous around decorative pillows too. I, it's you know, sometimes they just don't make sense. What's the point? No, they don't. No, They're these like throw pillows. I was going to call them throw pillows initially, but I thought decorative was a little. Like, what are you? Yeah, you don't better. serve a purpose. I don't. You make me nervous. I don't like it. Exactly. That was in the <laughs> YouTube studios. Yeah. Weird place. <laughs> Weird place. YouTube studios. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, treat, they treat you all right. Yeah, they treat me all right. Yeah, but I don't like this modern architecture, and it was very sterile. And oh yeah, I don't like the whole sterile kind of the minimalist kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. it was all too, kind of scary. Too, too, yeah, it's like I've been in too many dive bars. This makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It should look like a dive bar. That's uh. So speaking of that, well, I see that you uh, posted something about the clubs that are going out of business in Austin. I mean, yeah, save, to... save save our stages and 
um, yeah, just trying to, you know, get behind that and maybe amplify that whole cause. And So I guess the Barracuda did go down, is that right? And I think so. Stay gold and... Well, right. stay gold, stay, stay gold's not, they're down, they're just not out, you know. All um, right. But they're just, they're being threatened by some legal, ridiculous legal real estate, you know. Okay. Assholes, basically. What is it like down there, like? So yeah, so some some things are starting to reopen. Um, you know, there there's a loophole where if you have a restaurant permit to operate under, that's kind of like, you know, you could maybe if you got that in a, at an earlier stage. Yeah. Some bars are just you know some bars with just a food truck are just able to sell drinks and operate because they have a restaurant permit. So that's okay. just a weird whole government thing where you know TABC and the government of in a loophole, if you have just the right permit, then you can be open. But uh, so I think some stuff is starting to starting to come back. Yeah. There's a place called There's a place called the Far Out Lounge where Red Shed used to be way down on South Congress, and they've been yeah. like, uh, they've been kind of the shining star of booking music and having, a, you know, they have a huge outdoor space, and they've just don't even have the bar. You know, the, the inside is just not even open or available, so that they're it, you know, they're they were just set up and got lucky, I guess, and they've been able to book music and and keep some kind of nightlife and, and music going. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for telling me that. Yeah. Yeah. Far out lounge, which I'm sure you know. There's massive amounts of. Jealousy. I remember the red shed big time, man, and all that. It's been a long time. I miss Don's Depot. That's my favorite bar in Austin. Don's Depot is your favorite place? I've, I've been there, but not in years. I haven't been in years. I, w- I go down to hear Chris Gage play on Mondays, just jam out on the piano and play old, like, uh, just all the classic American songbook. Yeah. So he just has a huge repertoire. Of, I know that name, and I've seen him. He is, He's like the resident piano yeah. player. Phenomenal, man. We got to go down there and get a beer. Yeah. So he doesn't do, like, the typical piano, like, downtown piano bar thing and oh hell no he can do so he he can do like a shit ton of stuff he's bringing out like bonnie Raitt and all the classics and and i know i'm showing like my ignorance a little bit but i'm also trying to like you know prop up chris gage here and you know if people that want to go to don's depot in the future then go go check him out (laughs) hell yeah man yeah i uh I took uh, David Ramirez down there one night. He had he'd never Huge seen him fan. before. Yeah, yeah, me too. And this is like when I first met David, and I recorded like a tune for him. He came over to my house and did a quick uh, like two track thing, and yeah, and I was like, "We got to go down. You got to meet me down there, man." And he was totally mesmerized. And yeah, it's just a magical place, man. Yeah, very underrated. Well, and for good reason, so Right, yeah, don't 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 tell me. I mean, I, I don't I don't <laughs> No, I mean for I mean, no, that's that's not the right that's not the proper verbiage. For good reason right. I meant to say uh no, I don't want to keep it that way. Like keep it on the down low, like well like I say, I'm kind of like a seventy five year old in my heart of hearts and so An old soul. And Don himself, he plays uh I forget what night he plays, but him and his he's got his son on drums. And Anyway, so I'm just saying, you know, I'm kind of a weirdo that way. I like to listen to music that is completely not the kind of music that I'm making. You're a huge fan of secondhand smoke. 
<laughs> I am actually. <laughs> I miss it. I miss them. I, I wish they hadn't. That's a that's a song and a confession. Yeah, I mean, the smoking ban was the beginning of the end, you know. I think uh, that free solo guy Alex Honnold, he may be. That may be the only thing he fears most is secondhand smoke, and that guy's got nerves of steel. Free solo? No, I don't, I don't know this. He totally fears like secondhand smoke. <laughs> I may have to. I may. This may be the edited part of the show, but I'm just I'm just making a joke about secondhand smoke being like you love secondhand smoke, and then this badass dude that like he basically climbs these walls and mountains in Yosemite and all this shit with no ropes, so like free free-handed wow he has like yeah. nerves of steel he's not like afraid of anything but i was just just commenting on the fact that like he but his health you know if he lost his health because of oh, sitting in a okay. because of secondhand smoke that would that's just funny to me <laughs> <laughs> well yeah no you should watch free yeah you know free solo put that in your queue oh nice, nice. he's the only free, he's the he's like the only person that's ever done it no oh, that's amazing i like your kind of your angular thinking you're you're did he ever say anything about secondhand smoke or you're just like intuiting that? <laughs> I'm just making a joke about it that he, okay. if he got, you know, he could fall to his death in any minute. Right. Yeah. Well, definitely changed, you know, like the nightlife in San Marcos, I think when they passed the different, like the smoking, the smoking ban and, and the bar time, like it totally changed the landscape of that tiny little college town. Did you ever go to Restless Wind? No, I'm thinking of the Triple, was it Triple Crown? Crown, Triple Crown, probably. Oh, geez, I loved playing there, man. Yeah, yeah the Triple Crown was the hole in the wall of, of San Marcos. And, mm-hmm. uh, but the Restless Wind, though, that bar, that was a hot box of secondhand smoke and, like, shame and drunkenness. <laughs> low, low ceilings, uh, cheap drinks. I would, you know... My clothes and my eyeballs would be recovering for from two for two days after being in that bar for an hour. It was just that that's how much smoke was in that tiny little room. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Yeah, and I'm not a smoker either. I never smoked, so I got my fill off the secondhand smoke, I guess. Yeah, but uh, you know that tune is about uh, the sense of smell and missing. Uh, I think like every girl I've ever dated has been a smoker, so I'm I'm pretty used to ah, okay. going in for the kiss and getting that smell of smoke and just being like, well, you smell that I really enjoy kissing you, so yeah, I mean, it's fine. A way to connect that. I like I like the how you brought that around full circle there. Yeah, I maybe should have put that line in there to like really define what the song's about. I just uh you know, I can't go back and change it now, so it is what it is. Yeah. Where did you uh where did you record whatever coach? Oh, um in Austin with Chico Jones at at his prior place. I forget what it's called now, but he's at uh Estuary right now. Estuary that. Yeah, Estuary is the room where um Oh damn it, I don't want to blank on this. I'll come back to it. It's like one of the one of the Dixie Chicks' uh husband. The Chicks. Yeah, like worked in there, <laughs> oh, did really? some work. No, but I just I super respect it, and it's like a really really cool room. Well, so, have you yeah. have you done the other like have you done a lot of sitting in with other sessions for different people for recording or just for shows? 
Robeson. That's what I was trying to think. Uh, Bruce Robeson. So uh, sit, sit in with other people. Um, other than Boer? I think I have, but it's not coming to my mind like right away. Uh, Recording-wise, recording-wise, it's usually my stuff. But tour-wise, I uh, played with What Made Milwaukee Famous, and I did a tour with Think No Think, and did a tour with Boer, of course. And uh, I did a. What was that tour with Think No Think like? Oh, that was great. That was wild. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're some nice guys. Yeah, they needed like a fill-in bass player, and this is going back a while, six or seven years. Uh, I think it was the first tour they ever took. Yeah, Johnny and Nick, and uh, I called it the alley-oop, the alley-oop t- tour because it's kind of like a figure eight. Uh, it kind of, you know, it's like the first tour that someone sets up when they're like horrible, um, horrible route. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like well, we were able to get a club up in you know some like in Memphis to book us on such a such a date, and then we have a show down in New Orleans. And then we got a show like right beside Memphis a week later. But uh, okay, we'll just, we'll just say yes to everything, and we'll just kind of bounce back and forth, and we'll just go like all over the place. And well, how far north did you guys end up? Uh, Memphis, basically. Memphis. No, no. Wait a second. We went to uh, Johnny's hometown up in Kansas. Yeah. So I think we played Lawrence, Kansas, and Kansas City. Hostile Indian territory. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, most fun was New Orleans, man, because okay. we rolled in there, uh, rolled in there uh, like super late at night, and and uh, Nick, the drummer, was like, it was past midnight, and he's like, well, fuck it, we all have to go downtown, and they, so I, I love these like this is like the total screw up tour story, you know, like they're gonna they would hate me to tell this story, but. Uh, <laughs> They fucked up by like booking a hotel like thirty miles <laughs> from not thirty right miles, but thirty minutes from okay. yeah from like, New Orleans. <laughs> and Nick is like, "Fuck it, we're getting a cab. We're going right into the heart of New Orleans here after midnight. Stay up till sunrise. Sleep he, in a hotel lobby." Yeah, man. Every time I see the guy, he's like, he's like, "You remember that time you were scared to go down to New Orleans, and you were like, is it safe, man? Is it safe?'" <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I went to I went to Voodoo Fest right after Katrina. Um, I felt pretty safe. Yeah, you know, I'm just trying to suss a town out. Like, I don't mean anything by it. I'm just if I was pulling into any town, it's like, should I should I be kind of thinking about shit? You know, just being a little cautious. Well, yeah. really, what it's yeah, it's just really what's so much drinking. And you lose, you just lose track of yourself. And all of a sudden you're like, how did I end up in this and such and such neighborhood? And it's like you time traveled to a different place and a different time. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's New Orleans. That's and then you're just like, oh, no. And now I'm in this like back alleyway of and then I time time traveled and I walked down the wrong street. Oh, now I'm lost. It's so true, man. It's all (laughs) about. Very true. It's, it's I've noticed that in Toronto too. That's the first place I noticed, I think, in my twenties, where it's a really interesting thing to be cognizant of what side of the street you're on, because things can change from one side of the street to another. Yeah. Like I, I, I like <laughs> that comment of how like uh crime moves around. 
you know, just like the police move around and crime moves around. It's kind of, when you're not used to a city, when you're used to a place, like now I know Austin, I know where to go, I where not, I know where not to go, I know what, you know, what street to be on at what time and whatever. And even though the chances of having something happening are so small, but, you know, you just got to be cognizant, be aware. Well, yeah, New, I mean, New Orleans is a total wild card town. It's... Yeah, I think I'd just seen some videotape of a guy getting jumped like the week before I was there. So that's why it was kind of on my mind. Like, you know, yeah, got to be smart about it. Ask questions. So, mm-hmm. but every time I see Nick, he's like, <laughs> he's like, you were on that cab ride and you're like, man, what's New Orleans like? Is it safe, man? Is it safe? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think he fucked with me too. And he was like, no, man, it's like really dangerous. So stick <laughs> close. <laughs> Shit, I you know I, I think personally I I know we're probably on, on this subject for too long, but you know you stay on you stay on Bourbon Street among the drunk tourists too long and kind of mingle with that whole element. That that's probably the most dangerous thing you can get into. Just even more unpredictable than you know the dark street you might be walking down. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I uh, I fear the tourists, but I also fear like whoever in Austin it is that hangs out. And I don't mean like uh, hangs out on other than the students sixth tree, but I just mean yeah, well, the students. But even that is like you. I don't know. It's generalizing, so I probably shouldn't say that. But I think I, I get your point. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I, know what you mean, but... I obviously don't mean the people who work down there. I mean the people who don't know where else to go but to party on sixth street. But, I should uh... show them where to go, man. And show them the better places in Austin. You know, <laughs> places where they'll be accepted and they don't have to like get in fights. So hard, hard times for street performers. Uh, you know those guys, those people that I'm just thinking about. You Sixth Street in New Orleans, all those street performers. That you know, there's no people, there's no bars, there's no people. What? Are... Yeah, I hadn't thought about that before. How they're doing? I mean, I think everybody's just falling back on whatever resources they have, and hopefully falling back on family and anybody. I really feel for anybody who doesn't have a close net at this point. You know. Yeah, there's still a lot of, you know, there's still a lot of gray area with things, with public health, you know, just stuff that doesn't make sense, gray areas. Yeah. I know tex- Texas is a big place, and there's a lot of people, and it's important to prevent the spread, but I just don't know at this point, like... Well, to look on the bright side, I think it's been a good time. Personally, it's been a good time for me to get kind of a, maybe I could speak for all musicians, like kind of get paperwork in order, get your website looking good, get your, you know, all your social media up to date, kind of take a step back from just being on this treadmill of playing live shows. Well, like you, I think maybe like something you said in that YouTube interview was, you know, Woodshed, kind of get back to maybe exploring and exploring and practicing a little harder, not, you know, getting away from the grind. I appreciate you watching that, man. And, uh, dude, I've actually been thinking, like, my next record, I think I'm going to call it Woodshed. Um, there you go. Yeah. I was driving down the street, and I was thinking that, and I've got, like, I've, I mean, it's basically done. I've got these songs that I've been working on, which are basically just very lyric-intensive, kind of a 70s acoustic-ish kind of record, kind of, uh, well, yeah, and, and, like, the term Woodshed is, like, so you, did you know that term before I said it? Well, that's a term I was always in band throughout school, 
So that that's always something the band directors always throw at you when you're sucking at some part of a piece of the music is, you know, go woodshed this and ah, no shit. Okay. So I didn't think anyone knew the the phrase woodshed in Austin cuz I've had a bunch of like kind of funny sideways looks too when I use that term, but maybe people use it as, yeah, you can go tie them up in the woodshed, but I've always it's always been a music term to me like, yeah. you know, it's like chop chopping wood. You, you yeah. know, it's like you're, you're, you have to go, you have to go uh, seal yourself away and, you know, keep hacking away at something that maybe you're not quite doing well or playing yet, you know, playing well yet and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all, insert all music terms there. Uh, I call it building a fence. I think about, uh, that's very, yeah, it's very like, you know, down on the farm kind of music terms too to me well when i think building a fence i think like you know if you're looking at a gentle slope and you're like uh i gotta do one pillar uh you know you're looking down the line you're like it's about two miles down there and it's drudgery and you don't exactly want to do it but you feel a lot of accomplishment it's slow very very slow work but that's how I feel about this songwriting too, which is, I mean, obviously writing songs or even doing the promo part of it is a lot more enjoyable than that. But I think about that image a lot of building fences, just like the drudgery of it. You just got to get up early in the morning. You got to do it. You don't want to, but you make yourself. Maybe there's some old, you know, maybe there's some old timer in, in Hamilton. You said that's a steel town. Yeah, it you is. Could, you go. You go mix it up with them or find the right person and maybe you know you could hang out <laughs> hang out not not say I'm, i was gonna say like build them fences but you know hang out with them talk to them hear them tell stories and that you know you might get a song out of that old steel old timer steel industry story that's it man no i mean i'm <laughs> looking for it for sure always yeah did you uh play as well you said you were in band what did you play? A uh, brass instrument. Yeah, I was always in, you know, proper band. Uh, uh, trumpet for a little while, and then euphonium or baritone. So always a low brass instrument. And oh, a little baritone sax. Oh no, no, like a low. It's like a, a baritone. Uh, not a, not a reed instrument, not a saxophone. Like a, uh, you know, think soprano tuba. So it's if you ever hear, you know, if you're ever listening to like a movie score or the credits or something like that. There's a lot of euphonium used in like classical scores like that. It's a very beautiful sound, but it's just kind of like a non-practical instrument, pain in the ass thing to tote around and Oh shit. So kind of same mouthpiece as a trombone. Okay. And uh which I've been thinking about picking up <laughs> just just for shits and giggles and that and that and just kind of misplaying music and you know that's maybe try to get that muscle memory in my embouchure and mouth back and, you know, try well, yeah, to I, I wonder why there. you started. I wonder why you started this podcast. Oh, well, I, just being an Austinite and connected and I felt like it was something I needed to do that, that, and I was kind of like parlaying my, you know, old college radio music show, which was something I really loved to do at Texas state working at the, you know, the college station at KTSW. Oh, okay. Cool. So yeah, I had a radio show at KTSW for the local show. You know, something I love to do, and I was just trying to do my part to support and promote 
you know, Austin music or entertainment or Texas music, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of how, that's kind of how I ended up here and was always just in band through middle school and high school and. Mm -hmm. Like, cool. I thank you for asking me like uh, what I want to get to. And so do you, do you think the, uh, the Barracuda is down and out? Is it done? Man, I, I just, I wanted just Google that to confirm that. I just want to say maybe I had seen that they're done. Let me look. I mean, I certainly haven't been there in months. Well, I was kind of hoping that I could reference the Magic Rockers of Texas at least once because uh, that seems to yeah, happen Jim, on Jim. Most, most of your episodes. <laughs> Jim Campo? Yeah. So I was also uh, doing keys with the last waltz for the last couple of years with Jim at the uh, – did you make that show, man? Ah, oh, it was so good. I uh, The Barracuda? Yeah. I we don't did the know if I did. You know what I'm referring to? The Last Waltz by the band? Like, we recreated the uh, show? Yeah, dude, I think... I No, I, I had seen that, you know, of course, like, totally blasted on social media, and I, I think it was <laughs> it was something I wanted to go to, but I couldn't get out of work or something for that, that night. But I... No, I'm familiar with the band. Yeah, I guess what I gotta say is I'm missing Austin pretty hard, and I gotta get back down there. And, and I'm a dual citizen, so I can I can do that. A little worried about the COVID thing, and yeah, I was jumping around like crazy. I was making the trip from here down to there about seven to twelve times a year, and it's a two-day drive. And your tricks and, and all your trips back and forth and back and forth have all been driving. You've never you never fly. Yeah, uh, wow. I, st I started flying here and there because man, I started getting. Oh, what were they called? Frontier. Frontier started having trips. Crazy. I oh, could drive, like, I, for like 60 bucks, man. I could drive to Detroit or Buffalo. I'd have to be in the U.S., but then fly down to Austin, and that was pretty great. And, of course, I was dating this girl that the record is about at that time, so I would I'd be, uh, you know, somebody would be hitting me up and being like, I want you down here, like, fast. So, do you, have uh, you uh, you mentioned Detroit? I'm always curious. Of, have you hung out in Detroit much, or do you have any like a favorite favorite New England state, like Maine or Vermont or any place like that that you've spent time in? I love all of New England, but Detroit. I've spent uh, maybe all of a week and a half there, and I fucking love it, man. Yeah, it's especially what has happened. I guess I only really know post when they went bankrupt. Dystopian Detroit. Yeah. But uh, last time, well, first time I really checked it out there was maybe five years ago. And I went with the girlfriend and spent three or four days and jumped all around town. And so, you know, someone from Detroit would be like, well, you didn't really check it out. Well, we uh, we jumped around a lot. and. We found the vibe to be awesome. And it's, yeah, it's just very weird to be, like you say, dystopian on one side of the street, speaking of corner to corner. New Orleans is like that a little bit. You know, if you wander around New Orleans enough, there are every five, six houses, like something is falling down. Yeah. Old as hell, you know, it's like a, you know, it's a, uh, what's the word? Like a, 
dilapidated shanty shotgun house and then then you walk 10 more feet and you're like oh my god that's the most beautiful house i've ever seen that like people live in <laughs> so right and they explained well, it to me that it would it would cost more for the city to level these places than to just leave them there for now it would cost too much to like try to clean it up at this point so it's a really interesting time especially as an artist like i thought about moving to to detroit a lot of times i'm still thinking about doing it get a get a $40,000 house or whatever however much they were for a while right and just to be in that vibe and also like race relations wise like man i think it's great how mixed it was and we were hanging out and it was super mixed and everybody was just having a great time i didn't feel any i mean i think i picked the right places to go to we talked to the right people to go to the right places where you know, it's symbiotic and had a mm-hmm. great time, man. I felt really good about that city. Detroit. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, I keep thinking of Searching for Sugar, man. You saw that, right? Man, he was a, I, I saw him guy. play live, but I still have not seen the documentary, which doesn't make sense. Inter- interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Did you, you saw him at uh, the Irwin Center then? Man, I saw him at um, the record store. Um, what is it called there? Right on Lamar? Waterloo? Just, yeah, I'm brain farting. Waterloo. Oh, cool. Yeah, good. Um, I saw him do that daytime thing. Rodriguez. Yeah, man. We have a little bit of a delay happening now. Internet dragging. Internet latency. Yeah, New England is a place I'm, I am I may visit soon. You may be like Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of an unexplored part of the country for me. I've never played there. I know there's some like you know some wacky little small towns, fishing towns. You can run into run into some characters. Have you ever been to Philly? Philly, I have not. No. Ah, uh, I think I played one of my favorite shows ever in Philly with the Texas band, and we played New York a bunch too. New York's awesome, but unfortunately, yeah, not those kind of small towns. And I'm really close to that now, so I would love to start start getting out there and doing that, doing the main thing. Seasons, right? Seasons, yeah, yeah, seasons. I'd um try to <laughs> try to monitor those. Hey, how was the hurricane on Austin? Um, you know what? We got like no rain. There's some maybe like a slight delayed weather effect, but Lake Charles, Louisiana got fucking hammered. Yeah. Cause we had a yeah. wild storm last night, and I think that that was remnants of the hurricane. So, like maybe a little bit of remnants. I, f- I feel like we didn't really get that much major weather it mostly like went directly up through louisiana for the hurricane laura yeah so maybe it did kind of miss you guys and just kind of like went east yeah but it's kind of cool living on these great lakes man because uh yeah we get some crazy weather yeah getting the lake effect not nearly as big as the gulf but they freeze over that's what blows my mind you can just walk out on them yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah the most snow cold weather i've ever seen was a trip to colorado like two years ago i got to play in the snow you know it was like a foot and a half of snow in february i guess and oh no shit you're not used to the snow eh no totally uh... not man. Yeah, growing up in austin that yeah so going to colorado that was like i was like oh my god my mind is this is incredible yeah <laughs> no i can't i almost i kind of can't wait but at the same time 
if I get stuck here again, then I'm going to be have, having to deal with a whole winter of snow. And I haven't done that in many, many years because, I, you know, I was in Austin. I'd come up here. I'd drop in for a visit. I'd be like, oh, your snow is so beautiful. Everyone around me would be like, fuck you. You're driving to Texas tomorrow. So uh, yeah. I know it does. Yeah, I know it's beautiful, but I know people get it's certain. It's certainly it can certainly probably bring you to your knees and you get sick and tired of it. It becomes like when you have I don't want to fucking shovel snow like at that point. I'm like, all right, I'm over it now. I'm like, well, I'm especially if you got to work for it. Yeah, man. Well, I've always thought like as a Texan and as an Austinite, I, I'm like people that wake up and go to work and like eight o'clock in the morning when it's snowing outside, when their car is frozen over, I would never like I would lose my job in two days. I would be done. Like, how do those <laughs> how do those people keep a job? I'm like, it's snowing outside. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And when uh, and they, they got to take their credit card to the window or something because they can't find their scraper. A lot of times, man. Like all the time, you got to take a credit card or whatever card you got in your wallet and get that shit off your glass on your car. And, you ever do any? Do you ever do any ice fishing? A little bit, like when I was a kid, but not personally. No, I haven't gone out there with the <laughs> with the device. You're, you're an indoor. You're an indoor guy. You're a very indoor guy. Uh, I mean, I'm a pretty outdoors. I'm a pretty outdoorsy guy, but okay. I, I do. Draw, I do. Draw, I draw the line in extreme weather, of course. But so there's probably way less bugs there where you are. That's awesome. No man yeah i think of it this way is like as soon as like the first week that i was in austin i remember like lying out in the grass and being like ah oh, i just moved to texas and then red ants got all over me and they bit the fuck out of me and then mosquitoes came right and then everything just came and bit me and then i like shit ton you know, of bugs i find like insects uh, scorpions in my bed and shit and then whenever I come back up here to Canada, it it is almost kind of like a Disney movie a little bit in that the insects are like three times smaller. They can't really hurt you. <laughs> Everything's very tranquil. They say sorry. Unless you see a beer, a, a bear, sorry. <laughs> a beer. <laughs> Unless you see a six-foot beer or an eight-foot beer. beer. <laughs> or a moose. Yeah, I guess you guys have some pretty gnarly bears. Yeah, and not like where I am, but if you go uh, another mountains four or six hours north in Ontario, then yeah. So I uh, I keep boots in my car all the time in case I have driven mm-hmm. down to Texas. Got to throw the boots on. Yeah, I've been make... listening. I've been listening to a lot of like Nico Case and David Ramirez and this uh, Jake Lloyd guy. I think is a gonna be a great emerging uh artist and uh, jackie venson uh, uh all that stuff i've been playing a lot lately cool jackie venson no i haven't listened to that uh definitely no i played a show with her when i was doing the uh, diy conference did you ever uh come over to my house i did not no i um i, I never got i never got the i never got the after party invite after a, a hard look hard night <laughs> i was living over on uh barton springs basically robert e lee oh yeah which uh changed his name 
Yeah, right? you know, like those houses that were up on the uh, on the side, up on the hill, directly on the left, on the left side, across from the park. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I've been over there. Oh, dude, I've been to other parties in those, but not to yours. I've been to some. Yeah, I've been to some parties in those. Uh, it might have been my party. You might not <laughs> even have known it. <laughs> do, well, do you know? Do you know a band called the Clay Pigeons? Do you know those guys? Dude, that's the house. That's that's where I was that's living. The, that's the house. I was living well on the other <laughs> side. I was living on the other side of Clay. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. What the hell? Exactly, man. So we were probably at the same damn party, uh, like maybe like three years ago, or something like that. Yeah, you're making me miss house parties so bad right now. <laughs> me, me and Clay don't exactly get along, so. I see. No, there was. Well, I was never like I. I. I mean, I just got invited probably by other friends. I didn't really know. But man, yeah, I was just reminiscing a little bit. I was thinking, uh, like, I had during South by, I would throw like a full week, every night party. How did I not end up there? Well, because it was like five years ago. Five. Yeah. Yep, yep, five and six and seven years ago. I would have, like, Star Parks, Ghost Wolves, and uh, Ben You know, I was, listening, I was listening to a lot of Star Parks, like, four days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've, been aware, I've been aware of Star Parks, but I have not seen them at a show. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to – I was just had nothing to do. And I was like, I'm going to sit here and listen to Star Parks for three hours. Nice. I did that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It's great, right? Oh, yeah. I loved yeah. it. I love them. This is back in... Uh, They're the Dr. Dog of Austin, I think. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's a pretty good way to put it. Mm-hmm. But dude, I would also bring in bands from uh, all across the world. Like, I met up with um, the woman who set up the Japanese bands. And she sent me over some bands. Like this one called Star Marie. This other one called Samurai Dynamite. Where these guys like showed up with swords on their backs. And they sound like the Pogues. But yeah, it was great, man. Uh, that's that was a great memory. Like Heavenly States would come down there and play Choctaw Wildfire. Great, you know Gray Parsons then. Yes, man. Yeah, great. Very good friend, man. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, great. Yeah, I listened to a little bit, a little bit of that interview. That guy's awesome. Did you ever sneak into Barton Springs? All the time. All the time. Yeah. All that, that, the that, time. That is a that is a true Austinite. That, that that's a that's a uh, rite of passage right there. If you're gonna spend any time, dude, with... I lived right there, and we would like I've done that. exactly, man. Whoever was left at the party, there'd be like you know five, ten, fifteen of us go over there. The women take their clothes off immediately. It's amazing. Back entrance is just way too easy to climb over. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I don't think it still is. <laughs> uh, put some barbecue up. No, you just throw yeah, you throw a fucking towel over there and you're in. It's easy. There's like that gotta, one spot. You got a you got a night swim and you can just walk right home. You it's right I mean, if I lived right there, yeah, I would be sneaking in that place all the time. Oh man, I had solo swims all the time. One time when it was like thunder and lightning too and I knew I should have gotten out, but it was just too beautiful. You know, playing the odds. Ah. So great. Yeah. So you were right there, man. Yeah, you know. That house, that house is legendary, man. It looks seems like a split level. Are there like three levels of kind of like apartments or? Yeah, well, it, it's a yeah. dupe. Well, it's two apartments split in the middle. I just then, haven't seen. I've only been there at night, so maybe I just haven't like noticed everything. Yeah, 
But three levels. Yeah, exactly. So I lived right up at the top. And I live with uh, Cullen Fuchs. And Cullen plays uh, with Raul Malo and Ian Moore. Uh, I lived with John Windsor for a little bit, who was the bass player. He played with, um, well, he played everything. played with everybody. John um, Windsor? Yeah, did you know John? I knew John, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was a sound guy, sound guy at the Mohawk. Yeah, man. Your listeners probably don't know. John is gone now. And uh, so, yeah, it's as you think of it, I'm thinking uh, also I want to name drop um, Darwin Smith, who I was living with. And he was uh, producing um, Ian McLagan at the time. Yeah. Who also died in the process of Darwin working with him. But one of my favorite stories of living in that house, I got so many, but uh, I was I was hanging out down in the garage where we had like a band room set up and drums and recording space. And Cullen was living in there. And one day Ian McLagan just dry, drives up in his car. You know, he's the guy from The Faces, the keyboard player. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, I, I remember. I remember the day the KUTX announced when he passed away on the radio. Well, when he first pulled up, I didn't even know that my roommate Darwin Smith had been working with this guy. So he just pulls up, and I know who he is because I was, I went to many of those Tuesdays of him playing, on, uh, well, whatever downtown that spot. I think that spot's gone now too. But uh, he just pulls up and it's like, in the back of my head, like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> Yeah. Did he show? Did he ever get to show you a thing or two on keys or? Uh, not exactly show me a thing or two, but you know, hang out and whatnot. And then I got to, uh, and then I played a, uh, I forget who put it on, but they put on like an Ian McLagan tribute night. Um, and I played it that, and I played an old Faces song, and he said to me later, he was like, "I haven't heard that song in twenty five years. Thank you for playing it, man." <laughs> Cool. So he said that to you. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. man. It's called uh, Losing You. It was a fucking great tune. And then the band went on to play that song for two or three years and always have a good time with it. Well, those are tiny little moments, you know, in the just being involved in the music scene. If you pay attention and you hang around long enough, you can be a part of and it, it you know, you just never forget stuff like that. Yeah. These little, these little things, man. But like, yeah, what a special guy. And well, that's how I feel about Austin, man. Is like, uh, I feel like I've just, and I'm sure you do as well, just dozens of tentacles out to cool stuff that's happening, you know, and you get to have your little piece of it here and there. Uh, what a special town, man. Are you still kind of going through the heartbreak of, you know, the relationship change through some of those? They're not eating and. Uh, no, because um, that actually happened a couple years prior. Um, so I, all that happened like very quickly, and I uh, wrote that record quickly, um, like in the heat of it. But luckily to say, no, I uh, I actually got back together with the girl who the record is about. Oh yeah, got, yeah. I got back together together with her about four months later after writing it, but then I recorded it over like a year and a half because it takes forever to record these things. And I was jumping back and forth between Texas and Canada, and having all kinds of friends play on it and piece it together one by one. But I knew the material was honest, 
you know, and and I think the material also probably helped her to come back to me because honestly, my initial idea, like when I she was cheating on me, and I found out, and I you know it was a very quick snap of a moment thing, and the next day I was like I packed up my car, and I left Austin and trying to I guess trying to make a point to her. Um, but also to myself and also to like get this done and get it written. But my real vision as I was like driving was that I would like make this into a vinyl record, like a 12 inch, you know, like the yeah the real, real sweet 12 inch physical copy that could be mailed to her address. That was like my vision. And she could listen to this thing and see this thing and be like, this is my statement to you about everything that happened and how you broke my heart. And so it didn't quite happen that way. Uh, and then she got, I mean, uh, actually good news for me, she got, well, I was going to say dump, but she broke up with <laughs> the guy who she left me for. <laughs> this is why the record is called Rebounder, because there's so much rebounding happening going to put out the music video for Tomorrow We Break Up With Ourselves. That's the next thing I got on the plate. Um, and it's uh, it's all footage of me and my friends in our teens skateboarding from VHS videos all edited together. So it's going to be coming out pretty soon. And then I'm releasing a 10-inch vinyl of Bruja. Uh a bunch of songs on that and yeah kind of rolling it out slowly and then the record's going to come out after that that's about it man i totally appreciate the interview absolutely bryce i maybe one day i can make it up that far north to check out the brewery and see what canada's like i've never been absolutely man you got a place to stay come by the brewery get you get you some drinks and We'll put you up and Maybe I'll have yeah. some music. All right, badass. Ladies and gentlemen, god damn it. Break up with yourselves. Tomorrow. At last. Finally. Do you want to say uh do you want to plug the brewery one more time? If you find yourself in Hamilton, Ontario, come by. If you find yourself in Hamilton, Ontario, or in Canada in general, you should hit me up. Uh Bryce Clifford com and my brother's brewery is cliffordbrewing.com
just to breathe That good second-hand smoke Good second-hand smoke I was lucky to call her a friend I was just a man sharing oxygen Now everything's changed If she were here we'd be breaking the new rules Like old times again First they banned the Northeast then they banned Texas the week I arrived Your second-hand smoke Can't smoke in the bar, can't smoke with the kids in the car Can't smoke on the smoking patio Did away with that two weeks ago You can't smoke 15 feet from the loading dock Watch the wind swoop and carry it off I did not ask the hard questions Just let your toxins under my skin Breathe your sweet carcinogens But you're the best secondhand smoke I ever partook You damaged me with a tough guy look There, like a ghost at the back of my throat Above my lungs, exactly where I get choked uh, You're the best second-hand smoke Dirty mouth I ever got to kiss Corn dot the comms. <laughs>